Internet Explorer, in this episode, I've already said the F word. So if you don't like the F word, don't listen. You know, I, I trust your gut on this one. Now they're going to know that we don't do this <laughs> live in front of a studio audience. There, there is a studio audience of the rats that we have taxidermied and lined up in erotic situations to watch us. Wearing sunglasses. They wear sunglasses. If you are a taxidermied rat wearing sunglasses, this is the perfect podcast for you. Welcome to another episode of BuzzFeed's Internet Explorer. My name is Katie Natopoulos. And I'm reporter Ryan Broderick. I'm having some technical difficulties. I'm once again inside of my closet, but now I've made Katie's face the entire screen. It's so big and in HD, it's awful. <laughs> this week's episode is a, a kind of a fun grab bag of all sorts of little segments. Um, we're going to be talking about a weird coup that happened in a Jason Derulo fan club. We're going to be talking about a viral feminist protest in the London subway. Ryan, are you having a good week on the net? I feel like I'm having a good week on the net. I've had a few trolls and a few haters come at me this week. Uh-oh, uh-oh, things are, uh-oh. Things are a little, yeah, things are a little stressful. So you're in England and there's a big election and one of the things that I love about the fact that BuzzFeed has a, a team of reporters in England, in London, is that when I see it on our site, a lot of the times I have literally no idea what they're talking about. So one of these things was I saw this amazing post that was like, teenagers are all nuts over this guy Miliband. And, I, and it was this amazing crazy thing that teenagers are doing. But I was like, I have no idea who this Miliband guy is because he's the guy who's... One of the candidates in the UK, right? He's a liberal candidate, but here's the weird thing. They have the Labour Party, but then they also have the Lib Dems Party, which is a different liberal Democrat-sounding party. So I don't really understand UK politics, (laughs) and I I have a vague feeling no one else does either. Yeah, unfortunately, if you wanted to learn about uh, international politics, you've come to the wrong podcast. We apologize. Yeah, and like, what's (laughs) weird is that like they're really into politics here, but I don't even care about U.S. politics. Like, I know we got the Obama guy, and he, he's, around, he's been around for a while, and then we'll get a different guy soon, maybe. But other than that, like, I really, I don't care enough. Yeah, you know, I, you know what I say, six of one, uh, half dozen of another, right? You know? Well, also, eh. just, like, voting isn't very punk. And if you know me, <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm pretty punk, so I try to keep it. You know, pre-punk all the time. Yeah, you're as punk as Blink-182. That's right. I am the Tom (laughs) DeLonge of podcasting. Ryan, tell me about what's going on with this candidate that the teenagers in the UK are freaking out over. His name is Ed Miliband, and he kind of looks like if you were a human being that was turned into a human being after being like a donkey. He looks like a donkey man. (laughs) Like, if you were to draw Ed Miliband, people would be like, that's racist against British people. Like, that's how stereotypically (laughs) British this guy looks. He looks like a racist cartoon of a British person. But people love him. He's kind of goofy. It's, like, hard to kind of hate him. And this teen girl squad basically started fangirling over him, and they call it the Milla fandom. And are these are teenagers, are they even allowed to, are they old enough to vote? No, no, they're like, they're like teenagers. They're like actual teenagers. So it would be like if teenagers in the U.S. all of a sudden started, like, writing fan fiction about how much they love Obama as if he was Harry Styles? That's exactly what's going on. But this sort of thing is kind of unheard of here. Okay. Um, because British internet is still very young, and the British media is horrible, like literally horrible. So 
they don't really understand the internet um, so much so that when a rival fandom for David Cameron called the Cameronettes was formed, it was largely considered a conspiracy put on by conservative newspapers. It, it's a fandom like any other. They put flower crowns on him. They talk about how dreamy he is. They treat him like he is a, in a boy band or if, you know, he's Tom Hiddleston. They're, they're going completely genuine with it, which is weird. Like, all the women here started to, like, really fetishize him. I thought in an ironic way, because, like, I'm telling you, this man is the least sexy thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I know sexy men, uh, and he is not one. But all these teenage girls think Ed Miliband is really cute, and they use the Miller fandom as a hashtag. And when uh, a BuzzFeed UK writer named Hannah Jewell wrote about this fandom, it exploded in popularity and interest, and the legacy media here just very embarrassingly jumped all over it to the point where the Sun newspaper, I think, was doorstepping the founder of the fandom's family. Oh, my God. And there's, like, lots of dodgy stuff about how they might have gotten her full name and all this and that. In America, it just kind of understood now that teenage girls, like, act as a pack and just do whatever they feel like and we have to, like, live with the consequences. But here, that's totally unheard of. So it's been kind of really weird to watch. Well, um, God bless you, British teenagers who lost after political candidates. You're on my list of beautiful internet weirdos. Never change. So we're going to do a segment, Word of the Day, with producer Julia Furlan. Julia, hello. How are you? Hi, Hi guys. How are you? So Ryan has the Word of the Day, and actually I don't know this word, so I'll learn something as well. How the tables have turned, Yeah. you know? All right, are you guys ready for the Word of the Day? Yeah. It is a German word, a German hashtag, and it's hashtag techniker. Hashtag Techniker. So it's a hashtag. So we're going to deduce this together, Julia. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So it's a hashtag, so it probably means that it's on Twitter, right? It's something people say on Twitter. I wonder if it's like the way that Germans would make fun of someone who's like into techno. But, but you know what? Kids don't call it techno anymore. No, no. one calls techno music techno. What if a Techniker is like somebody who's really technologically Capable, Kind of like the German word for hacker. But no, then why is it a hashtag? That doesn't make any sense. How we doing, Ryan? No. no. Fuck. Ryan, we give up. You want, you want to know, you want to know what, it, what hashtag Techniker is used for? I want to know. We give up. We got nothing. Okay, so this story ca- comes from BuzzFeed Germany. They spotted it first. It's a meme where Germans take photographs of broken doors like an automated door that's broken down and they'll cover it with memes, like printed out pieces of paper with like German memes on them. And then they'll take a photo of it and it'll be hashtag Techniker, which is like short for Techniker ist informant, which means the technician has been informed that the door is broken. Like an automatic door, like at a grocery store, you mean? Yeah. Or like sometimes they'll do it in the office. Like if the coffee machine breaks, they'll like cover it with memes about it being broken. And then they'll do hashtag Techniker, and it's this really weirdly popular German meme right now. Printing out memes on paper and then putting it in the real world, which is the internet folding in on itself. You know, like they create the meme, print it out on paper, and then put it in a real location where something isn't working. 
I'm super into it. I'm super into it. I um, I look forward to anyone who's listening to this right now. If you travel to Germany or you live in Germany and you see this, please let us know. Email us, internetexplorer at buzzfeed.com. If you have seen weird, like, troll face memes taped to a broken down <laughs> grocery store door, we need to know. Let us know. I also think that we should bring it here. Like, why don't we print more things out on paper? There was a Technica sighting in New York in Williamsburg. Please make it a thing everywhere because it is really weird and really funny. And you can do hashtag technician, hashtag Technica or whatever. Send us it. And we will try to get this meme going in English-speaking countries. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. As always, I've learned nothing, and I'm, I regret this. Uh, thank you, Julia. I have learned something, and I regret nothing. So I'm really excited to talk about something that is very close to my heart, um, that is actually a story that is something that has happened to me on the Internet, to me and to you, Ryan. And I Jason Derulo! Sorry. It has to do with Jason Derulo, the Jason pop star. Jason Derulo. This is about this fan club on Facebook that I started that has morphed into something way cooler and way better than I ever expected. And it's kind of maybe the best thing that's happening for me on the internet and has been for the past couple of months. And it makes me happy. I'm so excited about it. We have a very special guest to talk about it. And actually, to like get ready for this interview... Uh, that Katie did with the now one of the remaining founders of her weird Jason Derulo fan club, I threw out to our Twitter audience uh, if they could take the 57-minute Jason Derulo saying his own name challenge, which is you have to prove to us that you made it through almost an hour-long YouTube video of Jason Derulo singing his own name. And I'm happy to report back that before we started to record this week's episode, we got screenshots from Twitter user... Juan Franco NL claiming that he did make it through almost an hour of Jason Derulo saying his own name. Well, I tabulate and make sure he's totally in the right. I leave you with Katie interviewing one of the sole survivors of the Jason Derulo Facebook takeover. Jason Derulo, Jason Derulo, bring you. So we have a very special guest, Eugene Ventimiglia, who is the director of technical operations for BuzzFeed. And he is also one of the co-admins of the Jason Derulo fan club on Facebook for serious fans only. So the Jason Derulo fan club is a Facebook group. For people who don't know or don't join a lot of Facebook groups, one of the best things about them is that you can add anyone to your group without them accepting or knowing that they're being added or asking to join. So I had created this group because Jason Derulo is like a little bit of a meme around the office, only because he's kind of like, he's not like the coolest R&B star. It's hard to figure out why he's famous and why, why Jason Derulo over other people. Yeah. So most people will probably recognize him. Even if you can't think of a Jason Derulo song off the top of your head, you will probably recognize this song when you hear it. It's called Talk Dirty. So yeah, so I mean, the thing with Jason is like, he's not, you know, he's not the greatest singer. He's kind of like a really safe version of Chris Brown. Like he also dances and he's attractive and he sings pretty well. Um, But he's not kind of evil like Chris Brown. But he sort of lacks like a little bit of the je ne sais quoi of like some other, you know, male R&B stars. And he also has this 
particularly weird tick that he does. I guess it's not a tick, but he always sings his own first, like his own name at the beginning of every shameless song. Shameless self-promotion. Right. And he like, he talked about this in an interview once where he was like, well, if I just always am saying my name, then people will always know that it's me singing this song. Um, fair enough. And here's a video of someone has put together 57 minutes of him singing his own name. Somehow this kind of became a little bit of a joke in the office that just like saying his name, which is also weirdly melodic. And so I thought it would be really funny to make a fan club for him because he's the kind of artist who like people like him, sure, but he's nobody's favorite, you know? Always comes up in the Facebook group too. Who's better? Who's better? Who's better at singing? Who's better at dancing? And it really is never Jason Derulo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about it. Like, he's kind of like, I always think it's sort of like Gene Hackman is like, everyone loves Gene Hackman, but there is nobody on planet Earth who says their favorite actor is Gene Hackman. So I made this group and I started adding all these people at work just because it was kind of funny because you can force add them to groups and everyone was like, what's going on? Why am I in this group? And initially it was also, I thought, kind of funny to treat the group like a really serious old school message board where like I was the admin and I was banning people constantly for off topic posts. Um, and, you know, I really ruled it with an iron fist. And then things started to change. <laughs> I, I mean, outsiders, a lot of outside people started joining when it was public. Yeah. All of a sudden, people who didn't work at BuzzFeed started joining it. Right. Like actual fans of Jason Derulo. Yeah. And there aren't a ton of them, but there were a, a lot of them from Africa. Right. And so, yeah, all of a sudden, these real fans started joining um, and they would be like, yeah, what's your favorite Jason song and other stuff. And then we started noticing, yeah, a lot of them were from Africa. And then sort of the tone of the whole thing changed because it was, couldn't really be a bunch of BuzzFeed people like ironically appreciating Jason Derulo anymore because now right. they're these real fans. Right. How did you feel about that? I think it's one thing when it's an inside joke amongst uh, a bunch of people who know one another mm-hmm. because you can there's a different level of disrespect or, or 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 sass that you can throw at one another. But when it's outside people, it's it borders on being mean. Right. Part of the joke is people not knowing it's the joke. But in the same regard, you you want to keep it a joke as long as possible. So if you reveal that it's a joke or if you're outwardly, oh, you're an idiot, um, then it stops being a joke. At the same time, uh, you don't want to be mean to anyone. So if, if or being mean is funny, but only for a very short period of time and being nice can actually be funny for far longer, which is the big takeaway I'm getting from this. Yeah. Um, so you, you've you been one of the, right off the bat, you were one of the most enthusiastic members of the Facebook group, which I have to say I was a little surprised by because you are, unlike some of the other BuzzFeed employees who are typically like a 24-year-old person, you're a little older. You called me normal in all caps. <laughs> you're normal. Um, you're a father of three. You live in New Jersey. And you really love the Jason Drula fan club. I I mean, it came to me in a point in my life where I was like, I don't know why I'm on Facebook anymore. Uh, but groups, you know, groups are cool. Like you can change your your Facebook feed entirely just by joining a few groups. And I didn't ask to be on the Jason Derulo fan club. <laughs> but I just became enamored with people that were, you know, passionate about it. And it was fun. Yeah. And so you comment on like every single thread. You like every single comment. You're the most active member by far. And my wife joined about 
three weeks ago, oh. and um, she initially was like, I'm really scared. Had you told your wife about the fan club? No, I mean, you know, it doesn't take any time. Like, yeah. you see something that's just like, oh, look at this person who, who says, I just joined and I love Jason, and you just click like. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, <laughs> there's nothing to that. But it's super exciting for the person that you clicked like for, so I kind of get this, like, genuine joy out of liking things. So there was this one moment that sort of threatened the sanctity of the group um, where I would describe it as, like, we started off a little bit as trolls and we got trolled way harder. Like, we were out of our league. These teenagers demolished us. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what happened? I think that it was on a weekend or something where I... I don't really go on Facebook all that much, and I noticed that there was there was nothing Jason Derulo related on the page. It was just people talking about being president or I should be president. And there's people. There were people running a campaign to become president of the fan club, which kind of didn't exist. Yeah. I mean, not not there isn't really a fan club. There wasn't really a fan club, and the people wanted to be president of it. Yeah. Uh, which was insane. Uh, sort of insane. Um, but they were actively campaigning that I should be president and people were helping them campaign and they were putting up polls and they were running votes. And meanwhile, I don't even think they knew who you or I were or no, but at it was, all. They started tweeting at me too. Like it was a handful of teenage girls. And what was strange is like I, I would look at their um, Facebook profiles and I thought, oh, maybe they all go to college or high school together. But they all went to like different high schools, oh, different weird. colleges. Like somehow independently, these teenage girls figured out how to fuck with us in a really right. amazing way. Right. And they would like tweet at me like, you need to vote for, pre- like who's going to name it? I finally had to like shut the whole thing down. I was like, there is no president of the fan club. <laughs> I'm the admin. There's no president. We're not voting for president. Right. And it was very confusing. And like, they totally got us. Like <laughs> they totally got us. It took really quickly about something that happened last night. Very important. Huge milestone. Well, well we hit, we hit 3,000 yeah. as the huge milestone, 3,000 users, and we passed up the largest Jason Derulo fan club. And uh, we are now the largest Jason Derulo fan club for serious fans only on the yeah. internet, on Facebook. We have the best fans in the world, you know what? <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone in the Jason Derulo fan club, parentheses for serious fans only, everyone should join it because it's kind of weirdly the most fun you can have, have on the great internet. Book, be serious. Yeah. No trolling. Anyone can join. We ask only that you have an open heart to Jason. Um, and, be serious. Yeah, and be serious. Uh, thanks so much, Eugene, for coming in to talk well, about this. Well, thank you, Katie. Up next is a segment we like to call Spam Filter. It's where we try to act like experts and help you with your netiquette problems while reminding you that the word netiquette is a horrible phrase that we should just get rid of from our lexicons forever. Katie, what's our question this week? We have a question this week that's actually, it's from uh, a colleague of ours. And the question is, when do you block versus mute on Twitter? And what's the difference? Good question. Now, I have a lot of thoughts on this. And I'm pretty hardline. I don't block, except for like actual legitimate spam. I too don't block. I, I will never block because I don't want people to realize that I've blocked them and then get satisfaction from it. I'm right there with you, Ryan. I'm right there with you. That's the thing is that if someone's like harassing you or being rude to you or it's someone you just don't like, if you can see that you've harassed someone to the point where they had to block you, people feel like a sick thrill through that. And I know that's true because I've been that person. I've been yeah, the one who the has seen that I've been blocked by someone else and I was like, hey, hey, guess you couldn't handle the heat, huh? Exactly. That's exactly, I'm just like, 
I want you to block me so that I can add you to my list of names. Right. My, my list of like, couldn't fucking take it, man. So, for example, I, I've been blocked by Scott Bayo, the, the oh. 80s actor. Um, and it was because I suggested to him that he wears a diaper. Um, and to be fair, <laughs> I wasn't the only person doing this at the time. Like, a bunch of people were, and I just sort of joined in. This was a couple of years ago. I'm not totally proud of it. But um, but I have to say, when I saw that I've been blocked by him, like, to me, that's, like, it's pretty funny. Like, I'm still talking yeah, about great. it now. Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of cool. So I think that muting is is preferable because there's a lot of people that you just, if they're bothering you, you don't want to hear them. You don't want to see their, you know, pesting in your feed, but you don't want to give them the satisfaction of knowing that they, they got under your skin. Right. And I hate to say this, but I also use the mute button. But the mute is pretty new on Twitter. It's only been around for a year or two. I use that for not only like actual people who are, you know, negative trolls or something, but I sometimes use it for people who I just don't really like their tweets, but I feel sort of obligated to follow them. Like maybe it's like, like someone I know in real life, like maybe you, Ryan. <laughs> I know that many people have muted me, but I also came across something that has never really happened to you before. So I wasn't really sure how to respond. And I'll, I'm going to ask you about this because I think I handled it pretty well. Okay. So um, this like Twitter person in the UK uh, was going on a tirade one day. And a bunch of BuzzFeeders ganged up on her, and she blocked all of us. You know who you are. And then she <laughs> unblocked all of us, which what if, you, if no one's ever done that to you, what it does is that it unfollows all of them from you. Right, so just they one don't day, know that they're blocked. Yeah, well, they, no, you're no longer blocked. What it does is it just, like, it's a mass un- mutual unfollow. It's like a nuclear bomb sort of thing. Yeah. So one day I just saw her on my feed and noticed... That I wasn't following her anymore. And I was like, why am I not? I didn't do anything. I didn't know that I had unfollowed this person. Realized that she had blocked me, unblocked me, thus severing our Twitter connection. So faced with kind of a weird new thing to do, I was like, well, obviously I just have to follow her again. And then immediately started favoriting all of her tweets to let her know that I had followed her again. And then ceased all communication with her, but I'm still following her. I don't dislike this person. I just wanted to let them know that I knew what they had done. You know, Ryan, I would say in this situation, the answer is you are being like a giant baby. And no, I'm clearly not you are baby. acting not in a mature manner. And no, you I'm being the like, most mature. But you're, you're describing that you ganged up and harassed him. Well, that's the, you're too old for that. Come on, you're a professional, Ryan. You told Charles in charge that he poops in a diaper so much so that he knows your name enough to unfollow you. I, I do have to say, you you have provided the listeners with a, a snazzy new little weapon for their how to live on Twitter arsenal, which is that if there's someone who you're just you don't want to block, but for some reason you don't want them to be following you anymore and you don't want them to read your tweets. If you very quickly block and then unblock them, that basically kicks them off from following you. Right. If you hear this and you know that you did that to me, I don't dislike you. I'm sorry that I was messing with you. I'll buy you a pint at the old pub. Or, Ryan, or you whatever. need to get right with God. This is. I, I'm sorry. You, okay, you, you just are, you should me not off. be doing this. You're 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 a grown man in a pillow fort. You you can't be. This is what I've been reduced yeah, to. You you need you need to sort this out in a mature I'm way. Gonna, I'm gonna sort this out. I you know after this conversation, I feel like it's time. I gotta bury the hatchet. Life's too short to to mess with people on Twitter. 
The next segment is a story that was going viral online in the UK. Um, and Ryan uh, did a little interview with the woman behind this viral story. And he recorded her within his blanket fort in London. And I'm excited partly because now we have a cool British accent on the podcast. That's right. Well, it's actually Scottish accent. Uh, come on, Katie. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Even, be- even better. Come on. Even better. It's a delightful Scottish brogue. I don't know if that's a Scottish brogue. I, whatever. But uh, her name is Fiona, Fiona Longmire. She's 23. She's from Glasgow. And uh, she recently became very notorious in England for posing in a bikini next to a really sexist ad for like a UK fitness program called Protein World. And as we've already talked about, the British media here is not quite used to young women using the Internet to fuck up everyone's shit. So I sat down with her in a cardboard fort I built in the BuzzFeed UK office. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. I didn't realize it was cardboard and not blanket. This is my casual blanket fort. I have a business cardboard <laughs> fort that I take guests to, okay? Fiona, can you tell me a little bit about when you first noticed the tube advertisement and then what led to everything else after? Sure. Um, I saw it probably a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's kind of hard to miss. It's enormous and yellow. Um, and I saw this, are you beach body ready slogan? And something about it just caught me off guard a little bit. It was that implication that this was a minimum standard that you should be that you should be meeting. And I thought it'd be fun to go and stand in front of the in front of the poster in my bikini and kind of say, sure, you can look like that and be beach ready, but if you look like this, you're you're still beach ready. So you're in the London tube yeah. in a bikini with your friend. Yep, in the middle of Charing Cross in the middle of the day. <laughs> and what were people's reactions to that? It was very British. There was almost no reaction at all. People just sort of got on with it um, and barely, yeah, barely gave us a second a second glance while we were doing it. Well, that's reassuring, I guess. Yeah. So you put the photo on Twitter and then what happened after that? Because it seemed like it picked up steam pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, I put the photo on Twitter with the caption, how to get a beach body, take your body to the beach. Um, and that got retweeted a bunch of times just within the blogosphere at first. And then by the time I woke up the next day, it had been retweeted about 200 times. And have you ever kind of had a similar... No, nothing like this ever before. And then it was all within about a week and a half, you know, newspapers started getting in touch and I got invited on BBC Breakfast, which was crazy. It seems like in England there's a serious divide between, like, Twitter and real media. Yeah. So what were the reactions where you're on the BBC and they're like, so you're in a, I'm not gonna do an accent. Uh, so you're <laughs> in the tube in a bikini, like were they taking yeah. you seriously? Like They sort of did. I felt like a lot of the more traditional media sites that I spoke to sort of had a lot more trouble understanding it than sort of primarily online sites. A lot of the online sites sort of got it straight away and went, oh yeah, you went viral, great. Right. Um, whereas the normal newspapers and the TV crews, I felt they were a bit kind of like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I noticed that right at, like as, you're probably, your tweet's going viral and mm-hmm. the conversation starts going. It snowballed really quickly and the head of Protein World, the company that made the advertisement, they got involved, right? Yeah. Yes, they did. And I don't feel like they made the situation any better. So um, for Americans who were not following this at all, what actually happened? They basically started responding to women who were suggesting that the advert was not on. Um, they called people fatties. They insinuated that... Good good move. Good yeah, PR there. They insinuated that anyone who had a problem with the advert was insecure and jealous of the model's body. They accused people of fit shaming. They made fun of people with mental health problems. They made fun of disabled people and called them lazy. It was 
it was pretty horrendous, to be honest. Did they ever come after you directly? No, never after me, but one of the other girls who organised the... Um, the Hyde Park photo, the big massive photo. Oh, so talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so we, after we took the photo, I was kind of aware that we only represented two body types, so I thought it'd be really cool to sort of throw it open and say, hey, anyone who wants to come along to Hyde Park will do a massive version right. of our photo. Um, and another girl, um, a comedian, Juliet Burton, she got quite heavily involved in that because she had received quite a lot of abuse from Protein Worlds um, and they'd sort of encouraged the trolls to come after her. Right. Um, and she's a... You know, she's an anorexia recoverer, so I thought that was pretty, pretty irresponsible. Yeah, good, good move, guys. Yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> so where are we now in the, in the story? Like, what, what has happened to Protein World, the advertisement? Has anything changed? Do you feel like you've I mean, the advert killed has, all men? Yes, that, <laughs> that was the aim all along. Um, the advert's come down, apparently, because it reached the end of its cycle, which was nice timing. Um, <laughs> Protein World have remained totally unapologetic for everything. You know, our protest in Hyde Park, it was quite small. There were only about 100 people turned up. Um, but it was amazing, like, to see all these people. And there were people there who were saying, this is the first time I've had a bikini on in 10 years. You that's know, pretty, that's, which, that's you wild, know, yeah. Yeah, like, to me, that's just, that's not a small thing, you know. And there were women there with their teenage daughters. And there was a massive group of 13-year-old feminists, which was just really great. So, I yeah, would, that's the most terrifying thing I can imagine. It was. A feral pack of 13-year-old feminists. It was so great. They were just my favorite people ever. They were so excited. But, yeah, like, I feel like even if that's all that comes of it, Right. That's amazing. I'm still so happy that we that we did it. Fiona, thank you for sitting with me today. No problem at all. Our last segment of this week's episode, of this great 10th episode edition clip show that we've been doing, is Follow Friday, a segment where Katie and I give a little shout out to an internet hero or just a really cool moment that happened on the web. And this week, we actually have a pretty somber one, but it's kind of beautiful also. Yeah. Um, Katie, are you familiar with Ryan Gosling Eats Cereal? I sure am. So that was that was a meme, maybe like it was this viral video, maybe like two years ago, maybe, where a guy ha has pictures of Ryan Gosling open on his computer screen and he films himself trying to spoon cereal up to the pictures of Ryan Gosling. Right, right. It was very funny. It was all over the place. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, that sounds insane when you describe <laughs> it out loud, but it was actually really, really funny when you see it. Because I think it was called Ryan Gosling won't eat right. his cereal. And what's funny is that like Ryan Gosling, you know, his mouth is shut and so he just won't eat the cereal and it's somehow really funny. And Ryan McHenry, the creator of Ryan Gosling won't eat his cereal, um, he sadly very tragically passed away this week. And so Ryan Gosling came out of nowhere. He joined Vine and he posted a Vine of himself, you know, spooning a bowl of cereal into his mouth and sort of doing a little like, here's cheers to you. Um, and it was really sweet. And he did it in honor of the man who died. And you know what? Follow Friday, Ryan Gosling. Uh, that was really cool of you. It was sweet. And, you know, makes us feel good. Follow Friday, Ryan Gosling. You just nailed it, dude. You just yeah. nailed it. Yeah, and also he joined Vine, so now you can actually follow him. <laughs> so there is an actual Follow Friday to it. Thank you for listening to Internet Explorer, a podcast brought to you by BuzzFeed.com, the internet website. I want to thank some very special ladies in my life. Uh, I want to thank 
Eleanor Kagan, who shines brightly and truly like some sort of distant star from a dying galaxy. I want to thank Jenna Weiss Berman, who reminds me a lot of this uh, Japanese robot bear that I recently saw that takes care of old people named Robear. You should definitely Google that. I want to thank Audrey Quinn, who I have never met, but every night I receive a tiny letter from her in my mailbox with a new clue about where she might eventually meet me, which is very exciting. And then lastly, I want to once again remind our listeners that Julia Furlan does absolutely no work for the production of this podcast, and it's gotten so out of hand that there is a series of like assistance that we have to go through just to talk to like a helper dog that she's hired to like dress up like her and walk around the office. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks to everyone except Julia. And as always, you can reach out to us, talk to us, Internet Explorer at BuzzFeed.com. We love hearing from you. Any weird stuff you're into on the internet, anything funny or strange or that you want to talk about that you think that we should know about, let us know. We always want to know. Follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, and we'll see you next week. I mean, not see, because we won't see you. We'll talk at you next week. You'll hear week. our voices next week. Um, I'd also like to thank uh, the band Tan Lines, who, have a, who do our theme song and a lot of the bed music that you guys hear in this podcast. Uh, they have a new album coming out May 19th. It's called Highlights. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it at a real store if you still Virgin do that. Virgin Megastore. Uh, you can get it at Strawberries. Thanks a lot, guys. You can go to Coconuts at, in the North Shore Mall. <laughs> FYE. I don't want Judy Dench to blow me while chewing menthol gum. That's not what I meant. <laughs>